Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Peak Quinnell, your Jam That Champion, and I'm joined by my intangible co-host, your Quizzlemania champion, Tempest the Wrestler. How are you doing, Tempest? Boom. I'm Boom. tired. <laughs> you do not understand. Since Adam Cole's AEW debut, I've just been walking around just going, you know, it's all about the, all about boom. the boom. <laughs> it's stuck in my head. And it's not dude, getting out. Dude, I was I think I mentioned this on a podcast before, but I got so called out by Luke after the after he debuted and that song got uploaded to YouTube. Luke tweeted to be like, if I know Pete as well as I think I know Pete, he's got this song on repeat in his flat. And I was like, glanced over at my laptop that had the <laughs> had the theme playing on it. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> That's tremendous. It's absolutely it's such a tremendous. Good theme. Such it a good is. Theme. It's great. It's- if they if they can tweak it a little bit just so the you know it's all about the boom lines up with when he's on the apron just doing the mm-hmm. boom thing, yeah. then it'll be like my favorite. I mean they theme. they they changed it a little bit. They changed the yeah. order of it because I've listened to it so many times. I recognize when they change stuff now. Um, they changed it a little bit so it goes back to the boom. So it does it in time with him doing it uh, when he comes out now. Um, because before he did the boom because he was like, oh, this is a verse. I guess I better do it boom yeah. when he like did his first appearance on dynamite um but yeah they, they've altered the sequence a little bit so at least he does a boom in time with a boom in the song mm-hmm. it's just not the it's a, you know it's all about the boom so it doesn't have the lead in but yeah that's fine there, there's time they, they could still tweak it if need be but man yeah. here because people are starting to do it with the song now mm-hmm. it's like you can tell when the song goes you know it's all about the you could hear people go Boom! I was like, "Oh, it's catching on. Uh-huh. This song is getting even better. <laughs> it's real good." You know, you know what's not as good, Tempest? What's not as good, Pete? His finisher being called the boom. I love I'm it. Sorry. I don't care. It's so I'm dumb. Sorry. I love it's it. so bad. I can't. It's I can't so get past dumb. it. 
it's so it's, dumb i love it's it real bad like i feel like if if it was the something boom i think that would be fine just like just the boom it's just like it's it's missing something you know i understand wanting to name it as after the boom because that's like his thing but i don't know man last shot's just better <laughs> i don't know this it's so dumb, but it's so funny to me. Like the finisher is just called the boom. I I need I don't know. I, if people chant boom when it happens, I'd be like, it's even better. I don't care. Okay, okay. If people start chanting boom when he hits it, that would be amazing. But also, it's still called the boom. Yeah. It's not. It's it's not good. I'll I'll say that much. It, it might grow on me, but I doubt it. I think it's just going to be one of those move names where I'm just going to be like, it's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> every it's single dumb. time, every time I've got to recap an Adam Cole match on Rampage, I'm just gonna. And he wins with the boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's like it's <laughs> so bad that it it comes back into good territory for me. Oh, like it's man. so dumb that I love it. Yeah, it is. It is not great. I mean, what we're getting ahead of ourselves because we should probably be saving this for the actual rampage discussion, which we're going to be leading with on this show. We're going to be heading with it over SmackDown because there's nothing to talk about on SmackDown, and there's quite a few things to talk about with regards to AEW and Rampage because they are on fire right now, and there might be a chance. It seems like we're heading towards trios titles potentially because there's been rumors and speculation of it for ages and now we've got quite a few trios going on in AEW. so would bringing trios trios house to AEW be a good idea let's talk about it we're talking about rampage first because there's nothing to talk about smackdown the takeover has begun we weren't oh, yeah. even gonna talk about it when the show when the show launched but now mm -hmm. it's already taken the top billing over smackdown oh, it's all it's... plots i'm making yeah. this happen <laughs> it's definitely gonna work uh because there's not much to talk about smackdown and also there's a very interesting to talk about uh, it's an interesting thing to talk about with regard to aew because uh, there's been reports and rumors and speculation and people vying to have trios titles introduced into AEW for quite a long time. And now we're getting to a point where there's a lot of very prominent trios in AEW. For example, we saw on AEW Rampage Grand Slam, AEW Grand Slam Rampage, AEW R R Ram Slam, Ram Slam, that's what we're calling it now. Um, <clears throat> we had the trios match of the Super Click, who are awesome because it's the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. Um, versus Jurassic Express and Christian, Christian Cage, uh, which was a, a really fun match in and of itself. But it did raise the question, now that we've got the, a very, very, very prominent like main event level trio in the Super Click, uh, we've got a bunch of other teams that could come to the forefront of this as well. Because you have various people, you can have like a tag team plus one. The thing that I noticed about AEW, I know I'm, I'm realizing I'm set, starting about seven different sentences at the same time here, but I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, one of the things I really like about AEW's uh, like universe that they've built is that everyone feels kind of interconnected at the same time because you've got a ton of like factions and stuff like that. But also, it, it also feels like a lot of feuds cross over a lot of the time. So it always feels like people all exist in the same 
universe as opposed to you are in this feud with this one person and you don't interact with anybody else ever until that feud is done and then you go on to the next person this all feels like it's it's a lot of people interacting in the same universe so when they do throw people together into a team it doesn't feel as fake it doesn't feel as uh, like artificial like when chris and cage started helping out jurassic express you're like oh okay cool that's you know he likes them cool uh, they're they're a trio now great so when you have when you have a lot of prominent trios like the super click and you can have people like three of the guys from dark order and you can have Jurassic express and christian cage and you can have a lot of other teams that i probably should have written down because i thought of like 17 before i started doing this um best and you have orange cassidy best friends in orange cassidy you have like three guys from uh you know from inner circle you can have like uh jericho and hager and and sammy Guevara as like a team or you can have three guys from the pinnacle or you know whatever you can you can make a lot of trios out of this AEW roster and it won't feel very forced so do you think now is a good time to introduce trios titles into AEW? i do actually and I was not sold on trios titles in AEW for a long time because I just, I think the less belts, the better, just in general, you know, the less belts that you have, the more it makes your existing belts mean something. And I thought the introduction of trios belts would probably get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But having watched this trios match, I think now would be a great time to introduce these titles because I think you, I mean, if they, if they introduce the titles, just hand them to the super click, right? Mm-hmm. Like those should be the first champions. You have them be your inaugural six man champions and they can have great six man matches on so many shows, so many shows. And it would keep the young bucks away from the AEW world tag team titles, which I think is important. And it, it's so easy now to have goodwill with AEW's booking that I don't think they're just going to split up all the trios overnight. You know, like, God forbid, if if, if WWE introduced trios titles, I'd be like, yeah, they're going to have trios for six weeks, and then there's going to be, you know, two trios of makeshift three-man guys, and they'll hold the titles, lose them, and then break up, kind of like how they did with the women's tags, you know? But here, I have faith that now this is just going to be a promotion with tons of factions at all times. And I don't feel like any of these factions are going to be like on the verge of breaking up anytime soon. So I have a lot more faith that there's going to be a bunch of, of teams there to fight for the titles. That being said, so many of these trios are like really good too. You know, Christian Cage and, and Jurassic Express... They're so good together. I love all three of those guys. And even if you don't have Christian Cage there, having Marco Stunt be like, I want to be a guy who's a champion in this company. Maybe I can be a trios champion. That's as good a story as I've heard. You know, and a lot of people are naming other ones here where it's like, yeah, Pac and and the Lucha Bros are another one. Uh, Daniel Garcia and 2.0 are another one. There's so many trios now that you can have all of these you know, great matches. And I don't think they would put as much emphasis on these titles as they would like the world tag team titles necessarily, but you don't have to either. You can just have great matches with six man tags. And that's oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I love the idea now. Honestly, I do. Also gun club, the undefeated team in AW first champions. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about all that. But, but no, yeah. I totally agree with you. 
And especially, I think this would be perfect for Adam Cole because he feels like the reactions he's been getting and for how great Adam Cole is, he feels like he should be one of the top stars in the company, but the story isn't there for him to be in the world title picture right now. This is the perfect thing for him to do to solidify himself as one of the top guys in the company without being in that main event scene for the world title gives him a title to hold and makes him feel very, very important in the trio with the, with the super click. I think it's the perfect thing for Adam Cole to be doing right now to make him still feel important, but not getting bogged down and to be like, well, why aren't you vying for the title? If you're so good kind of thing, because he's got a title. Yeah. And like specifically with the super click, you have them be the champions and just continue to team as a trio for months and months. You could just sow dissension in the Adam Cole, Kenny Omega thing, like right there. And you mm -hmm. can do it slow. You do it over time. And it's just another thing that you could do. You know, it's just another storyline moment that you can add into the idea of adding trios titles. And it's just like, oh, it's just so exciting. The possibilities are all there. You know, you could do so many different things. And before that, I was thinking like, uh, you know, you can have like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks hold the titles and, and that'll be fine. But everyone's got different things going on. Now it's like, yeah, have the Super Click be Trios champions. That's a great thing for all of them to be doing. That would just serve so many masters. I love it. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a great time for them to do it i think it i think it probably would have been even with all the trios that they have in AEW right now i still think it would have been premature before adam cole came and joined adam mm -hmm. cole i think it now now that's the the trigger for this to be done this is when you should introduce trios titles because this is the and now yeah as as shown off tv said in the in the chat as well moxie kingston and homicide potentially a new trio that we've got as well Love awesome it. really cool so like just I think now is the perfect time to capitalize on the momentum they've got. Introduce these new titles, make the super click feel even more cool and awesome than they already are, and help elevate those guys. And like you said, keep the Young Bucks away from the tag division for a little bit and introduce top, uh, Adam Cole as one of the top contenders of a new division. Everybody wins. Like th yeah. There's like no downsides to any of this. Whether they can keep the momentum going, I think they will, because in the two and a half years existence that they've had or however long it's been now i lose track two years since dynamite launched yeah two sure. years since dynamite launched two years since dynamite launched almost um they've had tons of factions they've always had factions and i, I don't see that that trend stopping anytime soon and if you've got factions you can make trios very very easily so i i i think this won't end up like a division that has like three teams in it this will pretty consistently have people wanting to contend in the trios division. I think this would be a really healthy addition for the for the the company. Even though it is a lot of titles, I think they have enough people, and the the amount of people they have on their roster is so stacked, and there's so many people, they could totally make it work. That that to me is the thing too, where if they only had top level trios, and you didn't have like the lower level guys that could take the falls. Then I would be a little bit weary of it because it's like, mm -hmm. okay, you're a little bit top heavy in the division, but you've got so many teams down there at the bottom that you can beat on dark. You can beat in the, the quick matches on dynamite where it's like the wingmen 
I'm not a big mm -hmm. fan of all of them, but like they're there and you can beat them. The 2.0 yeah. and Daniel Garcia team is together. Uh, you've got the gun club for that matter. If you ever decide to start beating them, like you've got the lower level teams to fill out the division and make it an actual division as opposed mm -hmm. to just, you know, a group of factions that now all have a title. I'm telling you, man, I think there's a lot of potential here. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes, until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Let's see what you guys think. Uh, let's get into some of your ultra chats here. Make sure to send in your ultra chats uh at wrestletalk.com forward slash support get in all of those in and we'll read all the ones that are five us dollars or up by the time the show goes off the air uh let's see uh there was one that was actually submitted yesterday probably meant for wrestling daily that didn't get read out uh dana holland says uh disagree on the time calls it would have been distracting let the draw be a shock this would have been in regard to the uh danielson versus omega uh, match and how the, the people didn't, or they apparently did call out uh, the amount of time remaining but got drowned out by the crowd. Maybe they should have done a better job of that. Um, saying that it would have been distracting if they did call out the time. I disagree. I think as part of the storytelling that they were going for, they should announce it more more heavily. That's the story they're telling. But I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. If you're going to do it, you have to do it all the time. That's yeah. the thing. Like You need the the draws to kind of come out of nowhere, but they still need to be in line with the rest of your storytelling. You can't have the one time that you're going to do the draw be the time that you don't announce the time stamps. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I just think it, it, it all needs to be a bit more uniform, but I mean, yeah. they say that they did announce it in the building. We just couldn't hear it because the crowd was so loud. So yeah, fair, fair play to them. Just sort out your sound issues, I guess. Uh, that's yeah. all right. Um, 
Anyway, on to the ones from today. Uh, Legus King says, uh, I was at Payback 2017 in San Jose, and on the card, Bailey defended the Raw Women's title against Alexa Bliss. And you wouldn't guess what happened. Bailey lost because WWE doesn't like hometown heroes. Oh, my God. Did you see their tweet yesterday? Yes. I got tagged I in it, actually. I could not believe it. I genuinely couldn't believe it. For those who don't know, WWE tweeted out like one of their list this videos or whatever. It's like, Here's 10 times the hometown return of WWE stars got ruined by heels. I was like, why are you advertising this? Oh my God. It's like when they put out the video ahead of uh, Money in the Bank where they're like, oh, here's, listen to all these people doing the what chant. I was like, don't encourage this. People have no idea what you're doing on this friggin' Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. All of these baby faces that had a terrible time in their hometown. And then you watch this show and it's like, oh, Eddie Kingston's winning in his hometown. And here's Homicide and everyone's having a really good time. Here's Santana, here's Santana and, Ortiz. and Ortiz. Yeah, Everyone's exactly, just yeah. so happy. All the New York folk are back and they're winning their matches. And it's so That's fun. Funny. It's like a party. And then, yeah. no, you've got Bianca Belair getting rocked in her hometown last <laughs> week. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, 69 Intangible Sadie Deegan says, uh, what's up guys? Stayed up late uh, last night to watch Rampage and oh wow, what a fun show. Taz and Ricky Starks on commentary is the best thing ever. Gave the show such a fun energy. I think that Cole kid is kind of over. Lol, have fun retaining tomorrow, Pete. L-I-W. Thank you very much, Sadie. Um, yes, uh, I, I agree. I thought that Ricky Starks and Taz, I think Ricky Starks last week kind of got drowned out a little bit on commentary. But him this week with the combination with Taz, it was like, this is great. I really yeah. like this. This is a good combo. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally and, agree. And yes, what a fun show. And yes, you're going to retain tomorrow because you are the best. Sure am. I, I ge- genuinely, if I'm being 100% honest, if I'm keeping it 100 right now, I think it's going to be 3 3 and I'm going to retain with Champions <laughs> Advantage again. <laughs> hey, Champions Advantage. That's what it's there for. But yes, it's there um, for a reason, man. But yeah. One of the, the only real criticisms that I've had of Rampage the first few weeks was the commentary and how it just yes. didn't all fit. This week, I felt like they really hit on something. You know, Ricky yes. Starks is excellent. He's a great talker. And then you put him with someone that he can properly bounce off of, like Taz. Mm-hmm. It's really good, man. I hope they keep this going for a long time. Yeah, man. 100%. I agree with that. And yeah, and I think also... I don't like to be too mean, but also taking Jericho off commentary was probably a good call because he had a match yeah. this week, so obviously he wasn't on it. I just don't think he added too much to the commentary team. I'll be, I'll be real. Let's get into talking about Rampage. We're going to talk about that first because, you know, yeah. <laughs> i wanna yeah because I, mean, I want it it's my show damn it i get to pick um it's not always true but you know whatever uh let's talk about uh this show which started off this was a special two-hour rampage grams ram slam aw ram slam and this one was obviously uh recorded right after the dynamite in the arthur ash stadium uh even so crowd was super hot well done, New York crowd, for maintaining your energy for four hours of wrestling. Well done. Proud of you guys. Thank you for not making this show mediocre because of it. Um, 
But it started off with CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, and I thought this was a very, very fun match. Uh, this one was, I, th I think the first match with him against Darby Allen was under such a microscope to be like, has Punk still got it? Can Punk still go? Oh, that's the thing that Punk used to do. He did the knee. That's a thing that Punk used to do. Yeah. And it was looking up for all that stuff. Now we've kind of got past that and we know that Punk can still kind of go. Watching this match, just as like two wrestlers going at it, I thought this was a lot of fun. Really, really cool stuff. And oh, this was like even close to the midpoint of the match. But one point where Punk goes for the GCS, hops counters and does a wicked looking spine buster. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I like, just I kill them. Yeah, just absolutely <laughs> murdered Punk. I was like, that's a that's a good spine buster you got on your hobs. Do that more. Oh man. Uh popped big for that one. That was great. Um, but in the end, uh Punk managed to hit a GTS and win. There was a nicely looking little botch where it looked like um they kind of had a little bit of a miscommunication or, or a slip or something as there was a top rope hurricane runner landing on their head. Ugh. Um bit bit tight on that one. But they recovered very well. It was a very fun, fluid match. Both of them look great. Punk wins. Thumbs up from me. Yeah, I didn't really have too much to complain about in this match. You know, obviously there was a the little bit of sloppiness there with the Hurricane Rana spot, but as long as you don't let it ruin the match, you can have a botch. You know, there there's a there's a huge botch in the Kenny Omega Tomohiro Ishii match from the G1 a few years ago, and that's still one of my favorite matches of all time. So you can do it and get away with it. But for this match, I thought it was really cool seeing Punk like storytell again you know mm. he was like he was wrestling he was going after the leg he was doing all these things because there wasn't really a whole lot of that sort of thing in the darby allen match there were moments for sure he did the little bret hart like okay moment mm -hmm. which i, I love add an extra star onto that match you know yeah. as it is but uh this was just really fun you know it was a fun tv match these matches don't need to be like the crazy five-star classic you know, CM Punk return to form match. It's just kind of like, you know, he's there and he's wrestling. And that is enough for right now. It, he's not wrestling Kenny Omega yet. He's not wrestling any of the really top tier guys. And once we get to that point, then yeah, you hope for like a four and a half, five star match. For now, just a good performance on Dynamite or Rampage is more than I need. And it will Hobbs just being involved in this is so neat. Because mm -hmm. like, 18 months ago, who had heard of Will Hobbs outside of his right? little independent territory? No mm -hmm. one. No one knew who Will Hobbs was, and now he's wrestling CM Punk in his TV debut. Wild, that right? is so cool. And I yeah. love that they're giving young guys that opportunity to have those like big kind of career moments. They don't need to win, but just being yeah. involved in it is such a big step for them. And also, just a very quick point as well, it's not necessarily just about the quality of the TV right now. Because obviously we're reviewing the TV show as a show, right? And, and the quality of the show as it is right now. But looking to the future of AEW, Hobbs getting the experience of wrestling someone like Punk and being able to you know, have feedback from Punk about his match afterwards and things he should work on and things like that, that's going to make Hobbs a better wrestler, which means that the future of AEW is going to be even brighter. It just... It's just good cyclical stuff, man. It just makes everyone better in the long run. It's so great. So good. And I just very quickly want to bring this up because it kind of blew my mind a little bit yesterday. Mm -hmm. I had a video pop up in my suggested section on YouTube, and it was just called CM Punk at his best, which was a little bit cheeky. 
but it was CM Punk in training, like old, old footage of him training, like Jushin Thunder Liger was there as like a trainer mm-hmm. or something. So I don't know what year or where or when this was, but man, like it was rough. This was like CM Punk just doing roles, like your first day of wrestling training roles, and he couldn't do any of them. Damn. And I was like, there really is hope for literally any wrestler. If yeah. you, This is a message to all of you wrestlers out there. If you go to your first day of wrestling training and you can't quite get those roles, keep at it because CM Punk couldn't do them either. And now look at him. Yeah, exactly. Also, I know we keep saying also before actually moving on to the next thing, but also just want to point out, Taz was so good going back and forth between I hate Punk and ah, he's pretty good. <laughs> Something that they do so, so well in AEW is they always, whether it's through promos or commentary or whoever, whoever the heel is, always still puts over the baby face as good. They never yeah. say, well, they're well, they're rubbish. So, <laughs> yeah, what Yo, a joke, Michael am I right? Cole. Yeah. Michael Cole is a heel. He's like, oh, well, he's worthless. He's a worthless nerd that can't win anything. Yeah. He's probably a virgin. Like- what a What a loser. Why does anyone like him? There's a waste of time. Yeah. Stop liking him, you idiots. I, I really, really like that, yeah. And it was like in, in matches later and stuff like that as well, of people being like, when when people just take sides on the thing, and they were like, oh yeah, this is great, he's getting beaten down. And then he's like, look, he's gonna he's gonna win here, he's gonna win here. And it was like a near 40, he goes, oh, I spoke too soon. Yeah, I guess he's still got heart in him or whatever. Like, it puts over that the guy's still fighting to be in the match. It's like, yeah, this is great. You're putting over yeah. your baby faces while still not liking them. It, it's, a, it's a good mix, because you can't help but appreciate they're good wrestlers because guess what? They're good wrestlers. That's it. it oh man, it's it's. Oh, I can't believe how easy it is to not screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I opened the edited review, you know, and I said AEW makes it so easy to love pro wrestling, and it's it because really I don't get pissed off at like stuff like the commentary, you know, yeah, the commentary, the camera work, where every yeah. every so often. You know, I just I, I it stop and appreciate it a little bit more when I watch an AEW mm-hmm. show where I was just like, yeah. you realize that the commentary is good and you just kind of go, ah, this is what it's supposed to be like. Ah, this is bliss. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we should probably speed things up because otherwise we will be here forever. Uh, we got a little video package with Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose next. They're going to be having a triple threat feud, which is cool. Um, great stuff. Looking forward and to we- it. Yeah. Uh, it should be really, really good. Uh, we then got the match that we had mentioned earlier, the Super Click versus Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. So much fun. Lots of fun spots. Boom, etc. You know it's all about the boom, uh, which is also, if anyone missed it, the boom <laughs> is now Adam Cole's finisher. Uh, it's, we... it's just called the boom. Now, look, I don't like to outwardly just crap on everything AEW does too much because they they have a lot of goodwill with me. The Boom is a really bad finisher name. Please change it. It's not good. No, I love it. It's it's so (laughs) dumb that it comes back into good territory. The Boom. It's so... It's... I love it. I love it because it's so dumb. It just needs to be called the something Boom. Or like, I don't know. Just... Just anything oh my god call it the baby boom the baby no. boom's an actual thing that's a terrible name yes that's it terrible. is yes it's awful tempest i know it is it was more of a joke but just <sighs> the, yeah the boom's not great the last shot is just better 
as a name, I'd say. And I just, I, I don't know, man. Did somebody just... say boom? <laughs> yes, I love that from the edit review. It's very good. Um, I mean, if the crowd start actually yelling boom when he hits it, maybe I'll forgive it. But right now, it's just the boom. It's just. It, it's okay. like when, when it. Daniel Bryan introduced his running knee and they went, the knee! It's like, that's ah, not good, is it? Or the stomp. Ugh. The stomp. The boom. I don't, I don't, I don't know, care. Man. It's so dumb that I love it. And I love this match, too. This is a great match. This is a really fun match. Obviously, Super Click 1. Really, really cool. Lots of fun spots. I'm not going to talk about all of them. We don't really have too much time, but it's a very, very fun match. Would go out your way to watch it. Good. Love it. Adam Cole is so over. <laughs> so over. I, like, I, I have the biggest smile on my face hearing the stadium full of people go, Adam Cole, baby! I'm like, yes! Oh, it's good. It's so cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know what my expectations were of Adam Cole coming into AEW, but I was like, mm. I don't know if he'll be like, you know, the AEW World Championship tier of guys like right off the bat you know he's been in nxt for a long time that might have to kind of build him up a little bit put him with the young bucks do whatever this is like the biggest star that they've got in the promotion right now and this is right after having had daniel damn it i was thinking about it too and i still messed it up brian danielson and cm punk and you've got you've got Friggin' Kenny Omega, the top man in the world. You've got Chris Jericho still in the promotion. You've got so many top stars. And Adam Cole is the one who's getting the biggest reactions. What a megastar he is. He should call Love his Chugs. He should, uh, no, you stole my thunder. I was about to say he should call his finisher the Chugs instead. <laughs> Just the Chugs. The it Chugs. It would be terrible. Um, we then got uh, the Men in the Year versus Jericho and Hager, obviously with Dan Lambert and all that stuff. Uh, I agree with what you said in your edited review. I thought the match was fine. Fine. Uh, was what it was. Dan Lambert caused a, a distraction finish, or interference finish, I, sh I should say. Uh, Men of the Year get the win. Um, but then the post-match angle was really good. Uh, now, I don't know jack about MMA or the UFC or any of the people that actually came in as part of the um, Dan Lambert's Dan Lambert's lads and ladettes. Um, I, don't, I don't know anything about any of them, but the instant all of them started coming out wearing the same stuff, and then there's one guy who comes out in proper like suit and all that stuff, and everyone goes, oh, I'm like, I can tell that guy's a big deal. I don't know who he is, but I can tell he's a big deal. Um, yeah. Take it away, because you know more than I do, Tempest. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to be like a, an MMA aficionado by any means, but I, I watch I watch UFC here and there, and there were a number of the people who came out where it's like, you know, Junior Dos Santos is like, you know, a pretty big star, Paige Van Zandt's a pretty big star, and there were a bunch of the other guys where I was just like, okay, you know, it's the, the mid-card UFC dudes coming out, and none of them, I don't know if they just weren't getting big reactions because they were coming through the crowd and whatever, but they didn't really get that big reaction as they were all coming out. But then Jorge Masvidal came out, and I was like, "Ooh!" And the rest of the crowd went, "Oh, it's Jorge Masvidal!" <laughs> oh, and I was like, "Oh man, like this is really cool because he's like an actual sports star, 
You know, it's not he's not Connor McGregor coming in or he's not GSP or or whoever, like the absolute biggest stars in all of UFC history. But he came out and I was like, well, this is pretty neat, actually. You know, like sometimes if you need to do an invasion angle like this, where you've got a bunch of outsiders coming in, you need the really big star to come in and be like the head of the invasion. Otherwise, it's like it's a mid card invasion. Right. And having Jorge Masvidal come in was the main event guy coming in with this invasion. And I don't know if he's going to try and do some pro wrestling, but if he does, I'm here for it. He's got the charisma for it. Like he walks in, he's dapping up his team and he comes in, he's, he's doing this. He's hyped. I was like, oh man, I'm actually pumped to see Jorge Masvidal in AEW. Like if we get Jorge Masvidal against, uh, against Chris Jericho. That's pretty neat. That's pretty yeah, neat. Man. I'm here for and, it. And I tell you what, I didn't know who the guy was until he hit his running knee onto Chris Jericho. And I was like, I've seen that knee before. I've seen the <laughs> clip on Twitter of him hitting yeah. that knee in MMA. There you go. Is an, and it's the thing I was like, I've seen that around before. It's like a, a very well-known thing that he's done on uh, uh, Mass Fidel. It's great. Um, so yeah, hit his running knee on Jericho. I also like that he just stood in the corner while everyone else did the beatdowns. He was just chilling in the corner, just watching everyone else do their thing. And the only thing he did was his one knee on Jericho. And everyone went, oh, God, that's awesome. Because it looked very good. Uh, and then they all stood too. Great. Very cool invasion angle. Thumbs up from me. Very good. Yeah. Uh, my next note after the match started was, American top team are pretty good, huh? <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, yeah. Speaking of pretty good, we got Lucha Bros and Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party and Butcher and Blade. Man, Lucha Bros and Santana and Ortiz. Gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I know they've already done it. I want to do it again. Yeah, do it again. Please. Gimme it again. Also, Santana and Ortiz for a long time, they've always been an amazing tag team. For a long time in AEW, they were not considered on the same level as some of the other top top tag teams. For whatever reason, they just weren't pushed as the same thing. They were doing a lot of comedy stuff in the inner circle, all that jazz. This match, for me, was kind of the reminder to be like, no, they're one of the best tag teams in the world. Mm -hmm. So everyone remembers. They're amazing. And it was like, right. We should be paying attention to these guys again, which is great because they're going to be setting up a match against them and the Lucha Bros. Yes, please. Give me it. Yeah. I, I said on the AEW uh, podcast this week where sometimes you can just have people lose because it's not their time to be the top contenders mm-hmm. or going for the championship or be champions or any of that. And that's kind of how I've been looking at FTR lately. It's just like, it's not their time to be going for the titles. I'm sure that'll happen down the road, but once we get there, they can start winning all their matches again. That's kind of how I felt for Santana and Ortiz for a long time. And there were a lot of people who were just like, oh, Santana and Ortiz, did they make the right decision going to AEW? And I was like, yes, yes, they did, because their time will come when the Lucha Brothers are champions, and then we'll get to see these two teams go at it. It's going to be amazing. And now we're setting up for that, and I can't wait for that match. This eight-man tag reminded me a lot of the eight-man tag that was on Dynamite last year, where the Young Bucks and FTR teamed up to face the Butcher the Blade and the Lucha Brothers, where the two babyface teams that you know are going to feud with each other down the line are teaming up and they're building. They're doing it right. They're doing this slow. And I'm very much looking for... I don't know when we're going to get that match. It might be at full gear. I said on Twitter last night, if you put Santana and Ortiz against the Lucha Brothers on full 
uh, full gear, full gear, you'll have the match of the night right there. So just mm-hmm. do that. But I don't know yeah. how they're going to get there yet, but that's why we watch the show. I'm very into it. Yeah, me too. Uh, after that, we got uh, Matt Hardy backstage because he tried at one point in the match to cut off uh, one of the guy's hair. Uh, Orange Cassidy came out and then Matt Hardy stopped for reasons. Matt Hardy then went backstage and uh, then made a hair versus hair match with Jack Evans against Orange <laughs> Cassidy, which was a very funny reveal of him being like, finally, I'm going to make you bold, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be you versus Jack Evans, who's standing there. <laughs> so that should be fun. Uh, Jack Evans is probably going to lose. And I would think all, so. I guess. Yeah. Uh, hope he's being paid more for that. Um, and then after that, we got Sammy Guevara and Fuego Del Sol coming out to do one of the Sammy Guevara's uh, cue card promos. And then Miro comes out and kills them. I love Miro. Love, love so Miro. <laughs> he's the best. I love Miro. Oh my god, him coming out. His promo bit at Grand Slam Dynamite, his video package that he had of uh my my god demands pain and my wife demands pleasure and also pain sometimes. I was like, God, you're He's just the, the best, best man to ever live. <laughs> he I say this, I feel like every time that I see Miro. Miro is one of the most consistently entertaining performers that I've seen in wrestling, maybe ever. Yeah. He's awesome. He's so, so good. Awesome. Uh, yeah, he, he, he just kills both Sammy Guevara and Fuego del Sol. Absolutely tosses Fuego del Sol off the stage through a table. Really cool stuff. Does the game over on Sammy Guevara. Yes. Big thumbs up from me. So it's so simple. It's so mm. simple, but it's just great. And that's all you need to do to set up a match like this is have the big monster heel kill the two smaller baby faces, and then you want to see the match. And I already yeah. want to see the match because Miro is perfect. Yeah, so good, so good. Andrade cut a promo saying that Jose won't interrupt in his matches, but but, but he did interfere in that one match. Yeah. He, had a, he had a stun gun. Anyway, and he, he wants to fight Pack again. Sure, whatever. Uh, we then got Penelope 4 versus Anna J, which, as you mentioned on your editor review, is probably the weakest thing on the show, but it was still all right for what it was. Uh, decent little match back and forth, uh, but uh, the bunny caused interference, chucked the brass knucks to uh, Penelope Ford, who smashed Anna J across the face and got the win. Ty Conti came down afterwards and also got a brass knuckle shot to the face for her troubles. Um, was what it was, but it was all right. Yeah, I didn't quite understand why Ty Conti wouldn't have come out earlier to like run off the bunny. I think that was just a bit of a misstep there, but the match itself was fine. It's it's still like I don't really even know why these two are feuding. You know, these two little teams are, are feuding. They just kind of are, which is like okay, fair enough. Sometimes you don't need uh, a whole lot more storyline to it. But I'm not super into it. I'm more interested in like the the dark order stuff as a whole Mm. you know i wish that they would put more of that on television because a lot of the big storyline moments have come on dark and dark elevation which i don't really watch week to week just because i don't have time but i thought that this was like very interesting because i would imagine we're getting close to the return of hangman page Mm -hmm. getting decently close closer i guess you know, and once that come, once he comes back, we'll get like the real big storyline beats of this whole thing. Until then, we'll just tease dissension and whatnot. But more of that is good for storytelling, and I like that they treat Anna Jay as an actual part of the group. 
Yes. You know, it's she is just a member of the Dark Order. She's not like, oh, it's the Dark Order's female friend or it's their mm-hmm. valet or anything. It's like, no, she's just part of the group. You know, her matches mean as much to the Dark Order as any of the other matches. And I really like that. It's very refreshing. Yeah. So post-match, the Dark Order came out with Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander, like both sides of Dark Order that are feuding, came out, chased off um, all of the guys because Hardy family office came out to stand guard, essentially, in the ring. Uh, So they were kind of united on the same page a little bit. But then afterwards, they offered a handshake. But Evil Uno turned away and they all walked off and they're still feuding. Cool. Into it. Great. Uh, yep. We then got the announcement that it's going to be Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole on Dynamite. Yay. So That's exciting. good. That's very exciting. Uh, and then we had the main event of Archer and Suzuki versus Kingston and Mox. So much fun. Lights out match. New York. Yay. Homicide was there. Yeah. Yay. Kingston and Mox win. Okay. This is a nitpick, but I do have one slight problem with the match is that the crowd just wanted to see Eddie Kingston go wild, right? That was what they were building to. A lot of it was working over Mox and Kingston was on the outside, like selling a lot of the time. And I feel like the crowd really just wanted to see hometown boy, Eddie Kingston, just go wild and like get the win in the end, right? Mm-hmm. It felt like Homicide came in, which was a good good pop and everything. And then Kingston did like the trash can bit with the kendo stick and then won. And that was it. And I feel like they probably should have had more of Kingston just like hitting moves, hitting moves. Here we go. Here's, here's Kingston. And he comes up to some like big comeback from Kingston with the help of Homicide or whatever. And it's Kingston and Homicide and they go crazy and hit these more moves. And then Kingston does another thing and another thing. And then he does like kendo sticks and a trash can. And then he gets the win. I feel like you just needed more of the crowd soaking up Kingston. So I feel like this was his match. And then it kind of just became, it's the Homicide pop rather than, Kingston's homecoming, if that makes sense. That mm. I still I still really enjoyed the match. It was just a nitpick I had about it that I would have preferred Kingston to get more of this match personally. Yeah, fair enough. You know, I mean, I think it, it speaks volumes that they allowed him to be the one to to get the pin as opposed yep. to to John Moxley or or Minoru Suzuki or whatever you were gonna do. I like that they were able to give him that big hometown moment. Of course, like homicides there now, which is like that's really interesting. I'm interested to see how they get to use him going forward you know because it's like it's another signing perhaps i don't know i haven't seen the graphic that homicide is all elite so we'll see i don't know this might have just been like a one-off or another like minoru suzuki come in do a few weeks and leave kind of thing but i'm very excited for all of it you know eddie kingston and minoru suzuki wrestled on national television and that is just the most incredible sentence that i could possibly say in 2021 you know Like, that's everything that I want out of pro wrestling right there. My boy, Eddie Kingston, from the days of Chikara, going all the way back, longtime fan, uh, fan of his, and Minoru Suzuki are wrestling in a stadium in New York City on a big show on national television. Boom. <laughs> like, boom. <laughs> boom. The boom. The what boom. More what more what more can i ask for you know genuinely yeah. i saw that and i was just like i'm content i'm at peace i have a yeah. show where i get to see craziness like this and i'm super happy about it yeah totally i was i was really happy with this show i'll be honest yeah i i i thought this was a great show and following on from the dynamite as well awesome stuff AEW are on such a roll right now. Such momentum. 
really happy for the company. Big thumbs up from me. Yeah, I, I'm giving this show like an easy five out of five. You know, I was I was a little curious going in because like there were a few matches announced that I was really looking forward to, but there were also a few where I was just like, yeah, you know, it might it might be good, it might be okay. But they pulled off just a really, really, really good show, and they've done that a lot lately. And it was I was really interested to see if they were going to be able to keep this momentum going. And then they started announcing matches for next week's Dynamite. And we've got Jungle Boy and Adam Cole and Miro and Sammy Guevara. And I was like, they just have such an amazing roster that they can have great shows all the time. Yeah. What a concept. Let's talk about SmackDown. We probably talked about for Rampage longer than we should have so let's talk about some smackdown shall we um which started off with becky lynch coming out and doing a promo after a recap of bianca's homecoming thing she then was right in saying that hey don't blame me for getting physical bianca's the one that started it and it's like yep yep she did you're right bianca did look dumb you're quite right becky yes Mm -hmm. um and then bianca came out i was expecting bianca to say some really dumb stuff when she came out to be like no becky you're still the villain you shouldn't have come out during my homecoming or whatever and she didn't say any of that which was great what she did say was oh by the way when you were gone i was just matching all of your biggest accomplishments of winning the royal rumble and main eventing wrestlemania but i just did it in a quarter of the time that you did and i was like that's good that's a good promo right there yeah. I like it. Uh, well done bianca that was good um so yeah I, I was pleasantly surprised about that one then bianca went for a handshake and i was like stop being a dumb baby face God damn it. Why would you go for a handshake? Uh, she got slapped by Becky, but she stood tall. So you do know how to do it, WWE. Just do it mm-hmm. last week instead. Idiots. Yeah. I thought this was a good opening segment. You know, I, I've not been super into all of this right now. Cause I mean, they got off on a really rough foot, you know, with Becky beating Bianca in seconds and everything like that. I was not super invested in this feud, but this was one of the moments where I was just like, all right. Well done, everyone. You did You did it good. You mm-hmm. did it good. And it made me want to see the match a little bit more. And I have not been super into seeing Extreme Rules to this point. But now I'd be like, I would tune in to watch this. Yeah. It was good. Well done. Yeah. Um, backstage, Nakamura and Boogs are warming up for Nakamura's IC title match. And also, Tony Storm is there. Poor Tony Storm. And then she doesn't get to be on the rest of the show. Nakamura then faced Apollo Crews. My first note is Pat McAfee is very funny. <laughs> um, we got a picture-in-picture promo from Apollo Crews. I actually really enjoyed this match. I thought this was a very good match. Um, I really enjoyed the ending sequence of this, where Boogs hit mm-hmm. a uh, hit like a deadlift suplex onto Commander Aziz on the outside, and then there was like count, uh, it was like counter to the Kinshasa, counter to Apollo's move. Uh, then Nakamura went for an armbar as part of his counter, which then got countered, and then he countered that counter into a roll up for the Nakamura win. And I was like, God, that was awesome. That was a really smooth, like ending, really, really cool. Um, and yeah, and Nakamura got the win. Was good. Do more stuff like this with your mid card because this was very good. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying for forever that all you need to do to have these shows be good is to have long matches. Mm-hmm. You know, just long matches with good finishes, and you're not going to run off as many fans. 
And they did that in Madison Square Garden. And they did a little bit of it here. You know, the main event was given plenty of time. and It was a good match. And this match was given enough time to actually be good. I don't need to see Apollo Crews challenge for the Intercontinental title anytime soon. You know, because it's been done to death. But for one last match, it was like, okay, let's see this and then move on. I thought this was very good. Like you said, Boog suplexing. Commander Aziz got a huge reaction. It was really cool looking. And then they could have hit like a really cool roll up for the finish. I was a big fan of all of this. This was good stuff. It was. Uh, after that, we got a recap of Reigns on Raw winning twice. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, Montez Ford does a promo. He's saying that Angelo Dawkins is AWOL because he's got the nuptials of a friend. Um, but he does a promo and he calls the Usos his bloodline bitches. He said the B word, Tempest. Edgy. Uh, which made Roman Reigns so mad that he then requested a, a match against Montez Ford tonight because he used the... He said bloodline bitches. What do you expect him to... Not fight him? He said bloodline bitches, Tempest. He did. I loved Roman Reigns' face during this backstage promo because he was like, what do what you say? He's like, oh, he said the Usos are your your bloodline bitches, and you just see Roman's face just kind of go. <laughs> he <said laughs> like he's like, he said what? <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought this promo from Montez Ford was like really good. You know, we haven't gotten to see point. a whole lot of promos out of just one of the Street Profits at any time, and this was a moment where I was just like, you know, people have always kind of said like Montez Ford's going to be a future WWE champion, and I was like, I will put no guarantees on anything that WWE does when it comes to pushing new stars, no. but. In this case, I saw this and I was like, I could see it. I could mm-hmm. see it. You know, totally. I mean, he's, de- he's definitely got the talent to do it. It's just whether yeah. WWE actually goes with him or not. But yeah. for this night, I thought Montez Ford was a goddamn star. He was, yeah. And especially with the main event match that you had as well. I thought he came across mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, then we got a backstage segment of Paul Heyman going to Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce and asking for that main event match. And they go, yep. Great, thanks. Thanks for the promo. Really needed that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> sure, whatever. Um, and then we got a recap of Seth Rollins in Edge, and Seth cuts a promo saying that uh, Edge should turn up to SmackDown next week. He's not got a response yet. He needs the validation from Edge to be known as the man who's ended his career. So he should. He recommends that Edge should turn up next week and uh, tell Seth face-to-face that he's responsible for ending his career. And if he doesn't, he will go to where he lives and he will beat the answer out of him in front of his wife and children. And I was like, also a Again, good promo. Well done. Solid. Seth. Solid. And we got we got the announcement a bit later that Edge will be on SmackDown next week. Indeed. If this is the return, boy, is this rushed. Oh yeah. You know. They did a they this man died on TV. He was yeah. murdered on an on, on TV and carted away in an ambulance. I was like, he shouldn't be back for like months. And that was the report that he was gonna be gone for months. So I hope this is him coming back and saying, like, I'm not wrestling you right now, but when I recover and I'm healthy, I'm going to kick your goddamn ass or something like that. If this is yeah. them going like, yeah, no, we'll, we'll have the match in Saudi Arabia. I will just turn off the show. That'll, that, that'll be it. Yeah. I, I'm hoping just because it's the draft episode next week, I'm hoping that that's just going to be Edge coming in to just be like, it's a draft episode, so I'm here kind of thing, and we'll do a thing and then we'll go away again. Um, would yeah. be my, my ideal. Um, we then got Liv Morgan versus Zelina Vega. So Liv Morgan yep. has been protected and been pushed and beaten Carmella and Zelina Vega multiple times. 
was pushing to get into Money in the Bank, was one of the favorites to win Money in the Bank. She then is challenging Carmella on pay-per-view next week, presumably still being protected to be set up as Becky's next challenger after she presumably beats Bianca Belair. She's been protected for ages, been pushed for ages. Everyone knows that she she's having this match with Carmella on pay-per-view, so she is obviously going to beat Zelina in this match, right? Right. 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 But then Carmella was at ringside and said something, don't matter what. And Liv Morgan goes, Huh? What did you say to me? <laughs> turns her back on everything and everyone. And then gets attacked by Zelina Vega, who hits a code red, and then Zelina Vega wins. This is the first match that Zelina Vega has won since she returned to WWE. Before and it's that, beating yeah. and it's and it's beating the person who has a pay-per-view match on Sunday. That's the thing, because like I know, I know that there's gonna be someone out there who comments like, "Oh, well, you guys say that Zelina Vega never wins her matches, and then she wins a match, and then you're still complaining about it." Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course. There's a way to do both. You yes. don't need to sacrifice Carmella and Liv Morgan's match at the pay per view just to give Zelina Vega a meaningless win. Whoo, yeah, whatever. This yeah. it's it's WWE booking at its finest with some. Fine ass WWE camera work when the beat down where I was like I get motion sick. Stop with the zooms. Stop it. It's so bad. Minus one taking points off. Oh yep. lord. Like yeah, whatever. I don't care. It's stupid WWE booking. This was the moment that took me out of the show because until this point I was like, oh yeah, SmackDown's doing well this week, and then I saw this and I was like, oh, you ruined it. Never mind. Yeah, it's broken. Hit- now. Here's my notes. Let me just say, if Carmella causes a distraction and Zelina wins, I'm going to be an angry man. <laughs> Zelina wins with code red after a distraction. For F's sake, WWE, why can't you tell stories? Yeah. That was those are my actual actual notes I made on this show. Goodness me. Um, then we got Happy Corbin debuting his Happy Talk. That's his talk show. It's not a good name, is it? Um, Why do we I need did... talk shows? I feel like I talk shows I are don't passe. Know. They're so you know? outdated. They're so outdated. We don't need talk shows anymore. We've evolved past the need for talk shows. You know what else we've evolved past the need for? I'll talk about this more later. We've evolved past the need for heel authority figures. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that more later. Oh. Um. Anyway, happy talk. Happy Corbin's here. I still like happy Corbin. Him coming out and saying that he needs to have a really good first guest, and his first guest is him, and then he changes seats to go sit in the guest seat. I thought that was very funny. It got a laugh out of me. Um, But then Kevin Owens comes out, and he gets attacked by a dude. It's Riddick Moss, everybody. Um, But it's a dude who's now Corbin Stooge, I guess. And he, he was laughing like Corbin does, but without the charisma of Corbin. <laughs> and they did a cool little like slam onto the steps um, uh, for Owens, which was nice. I think Corbin having a Stooge makes Corbin's character worse. I think the happy Corbin character works so much better when he's a solo act because he's just the one guy who's just like, hey, I'm having to be here. What up? And he's just the guy who got lucky at the jackpot and is just reveling in his success. If he's just got a dude who's also just happy all the time for reasons, it Mm -hmm. just, 
it just doesn't work anywhere near as well for me. Plus, flashbacks to the mid-card vortex of Doom and Corbin having all of the factions all of the time to try and beat down Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. And uh, uh, stop. Don't yeah. do that again, please. Just means that we're going to get more interference finishes going forward. Yeah. And that's yeah, bad yeah. news. That's yeah. bad. You know, the segment was, was largely fine, but... Yep. Oh no! Don't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't need. I don't. I don't need to see Riddick Moss on my TV screen as as Baron Corbin's second. No. I just don't need to see that. That doesn't make me excited. Yeah. Um. After that, we got uh, another Montez Ford promo, which was much of the same of his first one. <laughs> I- I wrote on my notes, I was like, oh, it's another Montez Ford promo. Okay, so he's going to get attacked by the Usos. He didn't. He just cut a promo, and w- and I want the smoke. And I was like, yeah. Okay, that's just that's just the end. All right. He just did two cool. promos this night. All right. Um, Why not? Still a good promo. Um, yeah. And we got Nikki, almost a superhero, Nikki, almost a superhero, versus Natalia, and she won. Uh, you know, I I was going to be upset about all this until Shotzi and Knox came out, and then I was like, okay, at the very least, they exist still because that was a question something. for a while. You yeah. know, I'm just we're just gonna beat the tag champions three times in a row and go away forever, which is just yeah. like what? This is the kind of thing that makes me go, what are you doing when you yeah. write these things down? You know, it's like. Okay, and then in the fourth match, we have Sh- Shotzi and Noxa beat the Natalia and Tamina. Okay, yeah, go. Next week. What did we do last week? Oh, Shotzi and Nox beat uh, Natalia and Tamina? Uh, they don't remember that. Let's just do that again. Do it again. We- oh, two, we- two weeks later. What was the last thing they did? Oh, they beat Natalia and Tamina? Uh, one more time. They probably don't remember it. We got to do it. The next so this time, let, let's let's make it different. Let's make it a championship contenders match. It'll be yeah, so yeah. Oh, great idea, kid. You got a real future in this business. Oh, what did we do two weeks ago? It'd be the tag team champions. Nah, I don't remember. So we can do it one more time. Let's do that next week. What do we do? It'd be the tag team champions. Nah, no one cares about that. Let's do something else. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think they know what they're doing. It's whatever. Yeah. Um. We got a promo that I really enjoyed backstage of Sami Zayn essentially trying to turn Dominic heel. He's basically trying to corrupt him to the dark side. The dark side. Yeah, which is is very cool uh, of him. Just basically, he had a little argument with his dad, and then Sami Zayn comes in and is just like, "Hey, man, well, he had a fight. Don't worry. I'm just saying that you have all the tools. Like when you were fighting me, you were getting better and better. Dad doesn't know what he's talking about. You got all the tools to succeed, kid. Just, just letting you know. (laughs) See you later." And it's like, I see what you're doing, Sammy. You master manipulator, you. Cool. I, I, I did I did like when Dominic was uh was like Dad, if you weren't at ringside, I would have beaten Sami Zayn. I was like, he was on commentary. <laughs> he was on commentary. You just lost. You, you lost, lost your because bad. you stuck. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> I get that like he's supposed to be wrong, but I was just like, yeah. you don't believe that. No. You don't believe that, do you? He's just a stupid little kid tempest who's not a kid. He's a kid to me. He's younger than me. That's true, yeah. yeah. Um, we then got an in-ring promo from Naomi, who said, Sonny Deville's not giving me a match, so I'm not leaving this ring until I get a match. Sonny Deville came out and said, nope. And then she left. And then she got security to come out. And she... 
Okay. We have evolved past the need for heal authority figures. Sure we do. We have no authority figures anymore, remember, Tempest? Authority figures are a thing of the past. We don't need them anymore. We are the authority. Remember all yeah. of that? I sure do. Oh, we don't need these heal authority figures anymore, and I especially don't need to see Sonya Deville doing a heal authority figure when she's a really good wrestler. Why, why you got it? Why you got to do this? Why you got to do this, WWE? Why you got to do the tried and tested heal authority figure that is never going to be as good because it's not in the same era and not the same person and not against the same top star as Vince Bloody McMahon? It's never going to be the same as that. It's never going to be as good. Stop doing it. For God's sake, man. Yeah. Oof. I mean, I've there's a lot of, of people. There's a lot of people who really like this storyline. And I think from like just a general storyline perspective, they're doing a good job of building it and making you want to see this match and everything like that. That, I think, is fine. Yeah. I do want to see Naomi and Sonya Deville have a match. That's fine. That being said, there are few things in pro wrestling that I hate more than seeing the authority figure run down the babyface wrestler and get no comeuppance week after week after week after week after week. And then you build, and then they get it one time, and then that's it. The reason that Steve Austin and Vince McMahon worked was because Steve Austin got the comeuppance on Vince McMahon every show. That's if, if you had Vince McMahon make Steve Austin's life hell for 10 months of the year, and then they build to WrestleMania and he gets one, one stunner on Vince McMahon at WrestleMania, WWF would have gone out of business. Yeah. Would have gone out of business. The only reason this company exists is because you did this right. And it's, it doesn't matter now because they can never go out of business anymore. And then, yeah. and now you get, you get stuff like this where it's just like, yeah, like the storyline is fine, but I've seen it so many times that I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, and I, I think it was fine what they were doing before where Sonya wasn't being a heel necessarily. She was just being a bit like flippant about Naomi being there. She was like, oh yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. get back to you. I'll give you a match at some point. Now she's just a heel GM. And it's like, well, why? Like you could have done a much more subtle story, which points for subtlety. I'm always a fan of that. And also it could have been much more interesting of Naomi just being like, for God's sake, I'm just being overlooked. Like, I know you're busy, but please give me a match. It was like that that was the really cool dynamic they were going with because yeah, Sonya Deville is busy. I totally get that. But Naomi really wants a match and Naomi's great. You probably should give her a match. You should make time for Naomi. And it's like Naomi's right. And Sonya Deville has a reason for not putting Naomi in matches. She's busy. She's got other stuff going on. Got all this crazy stuff with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and Demon Finn Balor and all that stuff. Oh, this is crazy. I've got so much on my plate. Totally cool. Get that. When you just come out and just be like, no, I don't want to give you a match. Why? No. Now you're just a heel. Now you're just a dick for no reason. I, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm so over heel authority figures. I don't want to see him ever again. I just so done with them. Stop doing it. Also, Naomi, if you want a match, just call someone a bitch. That's how matches get made in WWE these days. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the power I mean, word. That's, that's the part of it that I don't really understand is just like, why has Naomi been singled out like from the beginning? You know, is because you got people on this show that never freaking win. Zelina Vega hadn't won in a, in a year and she keeps getting matches. And then you've got Tony Storm hanging around backstage and they don't, they don't give her matches either. So how about instead of having this segment, 
You just have a match. It is simple. Whatever. Doesn't matter. It's Doesn't fine. matter. Uh, Uso stared down with Alpha Academy backstage. That's a new match, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Cool. Neat. Um, and then... Whew, Is the main event? Oh, it was cool. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's talk about pacing. Let's talk about pacing. I know we've just hit the hour mark in this show, so I'm going to overrun. Let's talk about pacing because not no one seems to care about this, and I understand that. I understand if you don't care about the pacing of the show, but I care. And this is my review, damn it. So I will talk about it. It drives me <laughs> up the friggin' wall. Okay. Montez Ford yeah. comes out for the main event. He makes his entrance. It cuts to an ad break. We th it comes back from the ad break. We get a recap of Bianca and Becky from the start of the show that we've already watched. Right? Cool. Becky then cuts a promo saying she's going to uh, break Bianca at uh, Extreme Rules. Cool. Solid promo. Liked it. We then cut back to the ring and Montez Ford music is still playing. And then Roman Reigns comes out. During Reigns' entrance, we then have a full uh, rundown of the Extreme Rules card and all the matches that are on it. Roman Reigns is still doing his entrance. The bell rings. We get one minute. I timed it. One minute of match. And then we cut to another ad break. Trash. Sort it out, WWE. Sort it out. Like, I don't understand. Like, I said this in my edited review. This isn't breaking news. But it astounds me how little... WWE cares about in-ring wrestling. Like, mm -hmm. you're a wrestling company. <laughs> and I know they don't think they're a wrestling company, but you're a wrestling company. Put some freaking wrestling on your show. Like, all you have to do, I for starters, I don't think you needed the recap of Bianca and Becky. But if you really want to keep it in, just do the recap first of Bianca and Becky, have Becky's promo, do an ad break, or you can have Montez Ford's for, uh, entrance first and then an ad break if you want. Either or. But then you come back, you do Montez Ford's entrance, or if you've already done it, Roman Reigns is already entering because he entered during the ad break. Or you can do it if you want to have Roman's entrance, the start of it be the thing, then swap them. Have Roman come out first, ad break, Montez Ford is already entering, do that. And then do a little, little graphics in the corner during the match of the Extreme Rules card. That way you get more wrestling on your show. It's not hard, guys. It's not hard. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do. They do. do control the commercial. There's. Do you ever notice that AEW never does this? Mm. It's because they control it. You know, they and have also, to take ad breaks. Yeah. It's. I mean, if they had their way, they would just load up ad breaks in certain spots and and just do nonstop programming. So in that sense, they don't control it. But you don't have to do it like this. No, and and also. Something that AEW does very well, they do a ton of picture and picture ad breaks. Mm. So you don't miss the action. That's also a way around it. That's totally cool. And also, if they do have to take an ad break, they're like, hey man, we're gonna take an ad break. We're all sorry, but it's gonna be 90 seconds. We're gonna be right back. Like that's mm -hmm. a that's a thing that they always say. That's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. And more often than not, that's in matches, but you don't miss that much. It's 90 seconds. That's fine, right? Just doing it as part of an entrance to then come back and nothing has happened in the ad break. That's the thing. Time stops in WWE when an ad break hits, unless it's during a match. 
That is baffling because you only have so much time on your show. Make it be real. Ah, man. Yeah. Just sort out your pacing. And I said it in the editor review, it makes me feel like something is always off when I'm watching. Something feels weird. Something feels wrong while I'm watching it. And I can never quite put my finger on it. It's this freaking pacing. It's stuff just being all over the place and out of order. And I just, man, I don't. It yeah, drives me it, insane. It drives me it, insane. It drives me nuts. This is like, I, I say a lot of the time, it's like, oh, well, if I have number one pet peeve about WWE, I say that about like nine different things because every so often something else will come up and I'd be like, oh, I hate that. This might be the biggest one, mm. you know? Just general not understanding how to block out your show and put emphasis on the right things. I can, I guarantee you, people don't care about a 10 minute Roman Reigns entrance. Oh my God, his entrance is so long. I love Roman Reigns. Please make your entrance shorter. They don't care. And if they do care, it's certainly not as much as you think that they do, WWE. No one cares to watch Roman Reigns slow. It's not the friggin' Undertaker's entrance, you know? It's not the demon Finn Balor entrance where it's cool. It He just walks to the ring. And that goes for everyone's entrance. Like, you can cut the entrances and show the match. If you did that, I would enjoy these shows so much more. So much more. Anyway, we're going to have to move on because I, I know I'm the one that overran by talking about that, but we are going to overrun massively because we still got Ultra Chats and Patreon shoutouts to do after this. But it was the main event of Montez Ford versus Roman Reigns. I thought this was really fun, um, which was uh, lots of like hopeful offense and near falls for Montez Ford. I thought they did this really well. It was kind of like how when they did the, the Fuego del Sol Miro match, you got a couple of hope spots in and it was like, oh my God, he had Tornado DDT. That's awesome. Roman was still kind of in that like protected position. And Montez Ford was just getting in like hopeful little spots. They're like, oh, maybe he can do this thing. Oh, that's a good near fall for Montez Ford. But ultimately, Roman comes back on top again. And that was the, the structure of the whole match. Really, really enjoyed it. Really good offense from Montez Ford. Believable near falls. But uh, it goes for a frog splash. Roman gets the knees up. Guillotine makes him tap out. Good stuff. Good stuff for Montez Ford. He, I thought he looked great coming out of this. Yeah, these are the kind of matches that I want to see in WWE more often. Where you have the big star face like one half of the tag team and he can beat him, but you make the one half of the tag team guy look good. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Do that all the time. I love this kind of thing. And it's really simple storytelling where it's just like, you can believe that Roman Reigns would beat Montez Ford. Yeah. It's it's simple. It's easy. It's good storytelling. And leading into this pay-per-view that I, be honest, don't really care about that much. But as for one show... I thought this was a fine main event of SmackDown, and I would mm-hmm. like to see more things like it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> I don't know whether it was just me watching. Maybe I just didn't hear it, because apparently it was it got a big reaction. They're in Philadelphia, and Paul Heyman said, uh, that's not enough for his sins. His sins being, as a reminder, he said, bloodline bitches. <gasps> mm-hmm. It's not enough for yes, his sins. Yes, shock. I know. You should show him what it means to go extreme. Because they're in Philadelphia, and everyone went, "Hey!" And I was like, oh. "I think, I think it's finally died." Maybe oh my it's God. been twenty there years. There was basically no reaction to this at all. You know, 
Like there were still moments. I remember at Money in the Bank 2013. They were in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and, and Paul Heyman came out to to turn on CM Punk, and everyone was like, "Yeah, Paul Heyman, yeah. EC Dub, EC Dub." I think they've. I think people have finally moved on. You know, there's still the the respect for it. Obviously, yeah. it's just like, hey, you did something really cool here. But it's not for a long time. It was like ECW was great, and it died, and now we're stuck with this crap WWE show. We're gonna chant ECW. Now we've got another promotion to chant the name of. Yeah, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. But then uh, Usos come out, beat down on Montez Ford a little bit. He gets put through a table. Demon Finn Balor comes out and spooky. He's on the turnbuckle. Whoa! And then he stands tall to end the show. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I it's it's whatever. It's nothing new, but I, I've never been a fan of WWE main roster portrayal of the demon. Where it's like, it's the demon. It's like it's just Finn Balor with goddamn face paint on. Yeah. You know? I prefer the NXT version of the demon much more. But Salavi, it's been like five years. That version of the demon is long since gone. So yeah. It's fine. I thought I was going to do like a bit on this show saying like, oh, Pete, ask, ask me who Roman Reigns is facing at Extreme Rules. Oh, it's, it's Brock Lesnar. Oh, it's not Brock Lesnar. Oh, it's Big E. Oh, it's not Big E. Finn Balor. That's news to me because like, I feel like Roman Reigns is feuding with a million people right now and Finn Balor is the one I care the least about. Mm. But then they did this angle and it was it was fine. You know, it wasn't like incredible. I wasn't like, oh my God, I got to see this match. But I was like, okay, they did something to build it up, which is better than what they had been doing. So, yep. what can you do? Overall, this was an episode. It was all right. Did it make me more uh, excited for Extreme Rules? Not really. No. I will say that this was this is better than a lot of the SmackDown episodes that we've gotten of late. There was good wrestling. There were good promos. There were a number of good segments in a row, which also <laughs> helps, you know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being generous, but I'm going to give this a four out of five. I think you are being generous. I'm giving this a three. I thought it was fine, and especially it goes down a little bit because it's a go home show for a pay per view that didn't make me excited for the pay per view. It's failed at its purpose essentially, Um, but it was mostly fine. There wasn't anything too bad on this show. It was mostly harmless. Mm -hmm. That's what I'd say. I, I need to start doing Rampage polls. I've done a SmackDown poll, but 60% of people voted for a 3 out of 5, 17% uh, doing a 4 out of 5. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Somewhere in that kind of 3 to 4 range seems to be about right. So yeah, I think we're we're on the money with our opinions yeah. today. Right on. I just, I, just like, I just like some good wrestling matches, you know, and yeah. I got them. Good wrestling matches, good promos. I was like, yeah. here's... Maybe I was just so disgusted with like last week's episode of SmackDown. I was yeah, like, maybe this that. show sucked. This show so much better than last week. It's got to be a four out of five. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Let's say thank you to some very special people. And those are our $25 and above pledge hammers on our Patreon page. If you've not been to our Patreon page yet, you should go check it out. There's loads of really cool bonus content. We're going to be doing Russell Talk After Dark next week, where a bunch of us mm-hmm. get on a call and just drink and chat nonsense for a little while. It's good fun. Um, and if you pledge at the $25 or above tier, you get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you to Wingsuit Simpleton's bestie, Stickman Fran. Woo! Yeah. 
Thank you. What's love got to do with it? Matthew Turner. Amazing. Thank you very much. So glad you sang that. Name of your 2000s pay-per-view, Chaos Rising. Woo! Genuinely sounds like a Ring of Honor show or something. Mm -hmm. Tower of London, Nigel Morris. Tower of London! I always liked it when Nigel McGuinness called that on commentary when it was on NXT. Um, Mm. Daylight Robbery, Rob James. Woo! Thank you. Kevin Wakeham, Wakeham. Yes, thank you. Starbucks, Stephen Costa. Thank you. Arnie K, the K stands for the coolest dude ever. Sure does. Coolest dude ever. The Findicator, Finn Brennan. Thank you. Michael Misselin Maquis. Misselin. Misselin. Misselin? Whatever. That makes the pun work, you see. There's nobody lesser than Brad Slesser. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And Ryan, the Chronicles of Xernia. Yeah. Thank you very much, all of our $25 and above pledge hammers. Let's get into the rest of your ultra chats here. There's a few here. Uh, Lakshmi says, uh, I guess it was okay to book Bianca to get the upper hand as it wasn't her hometown. Also, I have to say, despite winning, Roman Reigns made, Mon- made Montez Ford look good. And Zelina Vega won. Yay! It's sad that this is the reaction considering Malachi Black's last week. What's sure. wrong with Malachi Black last week? He won. Yeah. He was good. He, 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 beat, he beat my man Cody Rhodes. I enjoyed him using the black mist, especially after yeah. learning more. Especially after learning more about the mist from Laurie's explained video. Go watch the uh, mist explained video that Laurie did on Pots One a while back, because the black mist is actually part of, like the mythos of the thing. Like the different colors mean different things, and it's cool. It's not just mm-hmm. black because oh, he's got black in his name. So yeah. black mist is like an actual thing. It's cool. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, Indeed. Lakshmi again says, how to fix WWE, Vince, Shane, Stephanie, and Hunter on, and Hunter Open Raw. We're sorry, people. From now on, we're going to give you what you want, starting with edgy NXT, pal. Also, it's all Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville's fault. They're fired, by the way. <laughs> They'd do it, too. They'd be like, yeah, it was these guys, these mm-hmm. on-screen authority figures. It was their fault. You're yeah. the authority. I'm going to make such a video one day about the we are the authority moment. Oh, genuinely, just a supercut super of all of them back to back stitched. Yeah, that I, honestly, this I'm not going to go off in a total tirade here, but the Triple H promo, the me and my friend Mark are going to stop watching. I hate that promo with such a fiery passion, and I feel such, such like vindication that now their ratings are in the tank after yeah. that. I was like, yeah. oh, congratulations, dumbass. Saying all your fans are idiots and they should all stop watching, and then they stop watching. Ooh, who could have seen this coming? Yeah, shocked Pikachu face, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Lakshmi again says uh, Vince on the phone today after Grand Slam Rampage. Hey, Dwayne, no questions asked. Here's a fat check, pal. Just show up at Columbus tomorrow night. Ten minutes later. Hey, Mark. <laughs> also, I so want to see what happens to Ollie after Extreme Rules. Me, Me too. too. Me wait. too. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Uh. Marcel Dura, hello, uh, says uh, second night in a row of WXW wrestling I can enjoy with our beloved Mayor Dan. Watching live wrestling is simply another experience than watching from the screen. Question, what will your next live show 
Uh, what will be your next live show? Or is it not decided yet? Hashtag LIW for life. I have no idea, but thank you. Yeah, I've, no. I I don't know. I'm kind of live showed out after the all out week, you know, yeah. just because like it it takes a lot right now for me to go and see a show. Mm. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a whole I'm, it's a whole venture. If AEW if AEW comes to the UK at some point, probably that. Yeah, yeah, because. We're only just now starting to increase capacity at, at events in mm. Canada. So it'll be a while before we get anything like that in our neck of the woods. So it'll probably be a while. But man, if I could go to like full gear or something like that, I, I probably would. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's fair. Fiery Turtle says, an absolutely banging episode of Rampage to follow up Dynamite. On a separate note, in the Australian rules football, Melbourne just won their first premiership in 57 years. Up the Ds! P.S. PS, Sorry, this is a generational thing in the family. There was alcohol. No no worries. Footy! Australia... Is that supposed to be Australian? Is it not? No, it's just footy. Footy. It's it's all the same. All soccer is footy. That's English. I know. But Crikey, be, mate! No, but it's but it's I Aussie, Aussie Dingo rules. eating my baby. Oh, <laughs> Aussie rules football at, at the is, match. Aussie rules football is very different from oh, is UK it? football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aussie rules football is wild, dude. It's crazy. It's so and cool. Is it, is it like American football? Is it like rugby? It's, it's kind of like it's closer to rugby than anything else. So it's, it's soccer, not, but hooligans. But it's not that. <laughs> Soccer played by hooligans. Rugby is the gentleman's game. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know uh -huh. why I'm defending rugby here, but, you know, whatever. David Evans says, uh, Hi, Pete. Hi, Tempest. Forget SmackDown. Forget Rampage. What the viewers really want to know about is whether either, either of you have, have any sales of having accepted items of food, potatoes or otherwise, from strangers on public transport. This is a weird question out of context if you haven't seen the magazine show yesterday. <laughs> No, I have not, because no. I'm not a lunatic like Andrew yeah. Zarian. I'm not insane like Andrew Zarian. If you missed oh. the magazine show uh, of the Rest Stop podcast yesterday, go watch it. It's weird. It's probably yeah. the worst episode we've ever done. It's amazing. Uh, Adam, well, you know, Adam has you so like game boards. Do you like game boards? <laughs> you like you game boards. Game boards. You had Andrew Zarian talking about uh, getting a potato from a stranger on a train that poisoned him. For like a month, Adam had so many technical issues. It was barely like he didn't know what was going on and was messaging me the whole time being like, I can't hear them. I don't know what to do. It was amazing. Go watch it. So much fun. So um, bad it's good territory. So bad it's good. Absolutely. Well, Tempest, I've got a couple of emails here um, to go through. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me get this up. This one's quite fun. From Brandon that says, How is it going at LIW? Uh, I know you guys wanted emails, so I thought uh, it would be cool to share my Pokemon Gym Leader team. My favorite type has always been Ghost, but my favorite Pokemon has always been the Bulbasaur line, so I decided my Gym Leader type to be a dual Ghost Poison type. My team consists of Venusaur, Sableye, Mimikyu, Gengar, Trevenant, and Alolan Marowak. My gym battle music would be Naito's Stardust theme because he's my favorite wrestler. What would be your guys' gym type and team? Hope you guys have a good rest of your day. That is a very good theme, I yes, will say. 
Can I? And before I get into the Pokemon thing, which is very apt, as soon as you started uh, reading the email, I was like, I hope this is about Pokemon. I want to talk about <laughs> Pokemon today because I don't know if you heard, but Ollie and I on the AEW podcast, mm. we talked a lot about Pokemon. Did you? I haven't had this. Yeah, he because we were talking about how, um, uh, like, what your mastermind topic would be. You know, mm-hmm. oh, wrestling right. yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. For, would be mine, and I said that. Probably about ten or fifteen years ago, Pokemon would have been another one for me. But nowadays, I don't. I don't know as much about the like last mm-hmm. three gens. I still yeah. play them. I still know, but like the information is not burned into my memory like the first. Four Absolutely gens same. Absolutely same. But we started doing a little like survival uh, round of the order of the first one hundred and fifty-one Pokemon. Amazing. You know, he didn't know what the first one was, <laughs> but. <laughs> But we we had a good time with uh, with that. Very sidetracked right there. Um, but the the Stardust theme. Wait, there wait, wait, are wait. people. Just, yes. just real quick before we move away from the survival of the original one fifty one. Considering that I know a lot more than Ollie does, do you want to do that right now? Me and you. Uh, yeah, I don't think I will be able to do much better than I did the first time. But uh, yeah, let's do Where'd it. Where'd you get to? I think I got to. a about 25-ish. Okay. Somewhere around right. there. Okay. Uh, all right. So, I'll start. Yeah. Bulbasaur. Ivysaur. Venusaur. Charmander. Charmeleon. Charizard. Squirtle. Wartortle. Blastoise. Caterpie. Metapod. Butterfree. Weedle. Kakuna. Beedrill. You had to think about that one. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking of what comes next after it. I wasn't confused about Beedrill. I was thinking about the next ones. Pidgey. Pidgeotto. Pidgeot. See, now... Uh-huh. I, I feel like... I feel like it should be Radata, but I don't know if it is. I'm going to go with Radata. Yeah. Let's Radicate. Right. <clears throat> Radata, Radicate. Oh, this, then... this is lined up well. Now you have to start doing all of the new ones. Yeah, this, I just this do the is, evolutions. These, these are these ones. You just do the evolutions of them. You've, you've locked out here. Um, okay. So then it goes Pidgey, Pidgey Radata. Does it go to Spearow next? Does. I feel like it does. Yeah. Well done. Uh, and then Firo, obviously. Yeah. God damn it. I hate this. I can't remember what number we're at. Because I can't remember it, whether it's now it's Pikachu or there's one before that. Hmm. Because I know Pikachu's number 25, but I've lost count of how many we've done. So. Sandshrew. I don't know. I don't believe that's correct. I'm going to look this up. Uh, I think. Pokemon. Oh, Pokedex. I should just look up. I think the one right here is Ekans. Oh, it might be Ekans. You might be right. I think Sandshrew's on the outside of Pikachu. Let's have a look. Spiro, Firo. It is Ekans. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it goes literally Ekans, Arbok, Pikachu, Raichu, Sandshrew, Sandslash. So I got yeah. Sandshrew the wrong side of Pikachu. God damn it. There you go. Ugh. It's, it's yeah. a good time. Oh, the old Pokemon time. games are, are fun. Um, I, I literally used to be able because I used to do it on Sporkle. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, the the original 151. And I I got it to a point several years ago. I got it to a point where I could do all 151 
in order, <laughs> which was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was so. I, good. I've I've never been able to do that. Mm. I think I've maybe been able to complete that quiz one time. Oh yeah. Where I'll do it like every few months. I'm just like, let's try the 151 quiz again. Mm. Let's just let's see if I can do it. And my strategy is that I just sing the pokey rap in my head. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And go through the whole one. But there are verses of that song that I will forget. There's like mm-hmm. a few of the middle verses that I just like, if I hear it, I'll be like, if you give me the first one, it'll then play in my head, you right. know, it'll play through the rest of them. But then if I don't have that, I won't, uh, I won't remember it. But re- regardless, um, get to, for the actual question though, about mm, gym yes. leaders and typing and teams and all that, my, uh, my team would absolutely be a water type gym. Okay. I've always loved water types. A lot of the time, I will pick the water type starter, which is not not how I came up. Mm-hmm. I know I was I was obviously going to pick Charmander because Char- Charizard is so cool and fire types and whatever. But man, water types where it's at, they had the most types in the first gen, and I yep. really like that. So you say what your type is, and I'll try and formulate a team here. It's hard for me to pick a type because I'm I'm pretty diverse with the Pokemon that I like. Um, I don't really necessarily gravitate. If I did have to pick one, which I do, I'd probably go for like a, a dual steel rock. I, I always just get really drawn to a lot of the steel types, a lot of the rock types. It would either be that or a fighting gym. Those are like the three that I normally go for, um, for natural ones that I like. So I'd probably have a team of like Agron, Metagross, Rhyperia, Tyrantrum, uh... Who haven't I said? Who did I say? Agron, Rhyperia, Tyranitar, Tyrantrum. Some other ones. Skarmory, just so I've got a ground immunity in there. You know, type type matchups, very important. Mm. Uh, and let's go wild. Do, I don't know, uh, Armaldo. <laughs> I panicked. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, this is... This is tough i've pulled up the list of like water type pokemon yeah and there's so many here that i want to have on a team oh there's so many dude but like there's a lot of them that are are just single typed and i want to have some coverage of course, mm, of course. right like wasn't i would i think i would probably have to have a, a mylotic on my, my team Mylotic's like I, it's it's sexy gyarados you yeah. know yeah, i, I love i love that um but otherwise, I'd because pro- some of these Pokemon like aren't great, but they've got mm. the type coverage. Like, uh, like Poliwrath is like it's good and have a water and fighting type, but like its stats are not 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 stellar. But I would definitely have a Kingdra on my team. Yes. That's Love a that's Kingdra. a great one. Um, I don't know about I don't know if I'd have for Alligator because it's one of my favorite starters, but. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good one. Oh, I'd have a Greninja. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would have uh, Greninjas on my team. No doubt. Uh, bu- 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 let's see. What else we got? What else we got? I got two two for sure that are on my team. After that, I don't I don't know. This is very difficult. It every so it? often, every so often I, I come up, someone asks me this, and I'm just like, ah. Make me rack my brain and I'll <laughs> absolutely just fall apart with all of this. Um, hmm. I personally would also go for Gyarados because Gyarados is awesome. 
I love him. Yeah, it'd be hard not to put a Gyarados in that team. So I'll, I'll say Gyarados. I'll also say Lantern. I like Lantern. Okay. I like Lantern a lot. If I was um, doing a water team, I'd go for Wolverine. I love that boy. He's yeah. just a big walrus. He's cool. Big tick boy. Yeah. Um, I'll also say Kingler, because Kingler is just one of my favorite Pokemon for no Kingler's real cool. reason, other than yep. I was really into the anime when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And when Ash's Krabby evolves into Kingler and beats that one guy in the in the Pokemon League, it's pretty cool. Yeah, fair. Um, I will say, you mentioning before about how you would have to uh, sing the Pokerap to uh, remember the Pokemon. I now can't do that because I've been corrupted by uh, a band called Starbomb, uh, who's Game Grumps. And they did a version of the Pokerap, but with dumb Pokemon names in it. And now I just hear that instead. Uh, uh, I see. It's it's genuinely quite something. I'm going to see very quickly if I can just screen share this because I I, I want to play it a little bit. Uh, uh, this one. Let's just do the inter- nope. Let's just do a Chrome tab. This one. Yes. Right. You ready? Oh yeah. Let's see if this works. We've got Jiggly Stuff, Adam's Apple, Frog Nut, Water Bottle, Candy Axe, Crack Lighting, Piccadilly, Manslayer, Guinea Pig, Art Student, Tinkle Bird, Flavor Saver, Train Lick, Coffee Munch, Poodle Hat, Data Plan, Wonder No, Teletubby, Brave Mouth, Hey, there's a Teletubby in there. Harry Stuff, Wet Socks, Shatter Nut, Noodle Arm Shirt. What does Poe think? You get the idea. Of course. I was in there. There was an art student. Yeah, there's a there was uh, th- three verses of that, and it's all amazing. And I can only hear that now when I he- when I hear the Pokey rap. It's great. Hope we don't get copyright striked. Thanks, Starbomb. Anyway, we're gonna go. Thank you for that for this episode of the Russell Talk Podcast. Uh, we've got the Extreme Rules live reactions coming tomorrow night, where I'll be defending my Jam That Championship against the dastardly Ollie Davis. And if he loses, he has to become my manservant. It's gonna be great. Um. So yeah, stay tuned for the Rust Talk Podcast YouTube channel for that, and we'll have a review of Extreme Rules on Monday with me and Ollie as well. Uh, yeah, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're gonna go now. Bye, jam that jam. Lost Intangibles for life. Bye. Stay safe. Love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah.